Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise the Lord. We're going to read from Genesis chapter 3. We're doing a series called The Garden, talking about the Garden of Eden. And I'm reading from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you've done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. You shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return." And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. My first point that I want to just make to you is that what you believe about your origins, where you come from, and who you are deep down inside, what you believe about that affects your life so much. I wonder if you believe that's true. You know, Kenyan runners and Ethiopian runners, people from the east of Africa, they just dominate long-distance races. And I'm sure that little people growing up in those places, I know they've got a genetic ability to run far and fast, but I'm sure they have something in them that says, I am a Kenyan. I can run. Even if they can't run. The park run on Saturday mornings, we've got a couple of people from East Africa in our church, they are amazing at the park runs on Saturday mornings. 
I, I, I haven't run it. I've watched it, I must confess. I cheered enthusiastically. Come on, James. Come on, Broadwood. And all the rest of you guys who run on a Saturday morning, you're awesome. But there's something about if I believe in me that this is where I'm from and who I am, it changes my outlook. If a child grows up thinking that they are good for nothing, they're destined to be poor, they cannot achieve, they have no ability, if they think that that's who they are on the inside, it will hamper their life. True? It's true. I heard a story about a tiger. You know, tigers are amazing animals. They've just got so much power in them. But it had been kept in a little cage for its whole life. Since it was a tiny little cub, uh, it had been kept in a cage just a few meters long and a few meters wide. And all its life, it had just paced up and down in this cage, that few meters that way and that way. And it grew up thinking that's who it was. And somebody rescued this tiger and they took it out to this beautiful open field where there was space for it to run and be a tiger. And they let it free and the tiger just walked three meters by two meters by two meters by three meters because it believed that's who it was. Friend, who do you think you are and where do you think you're from? Can I challenge you to look at your own preconceptions of who you are? Do you think that you are destined to fail? Do you have a poverty mentality? Do you have a stingy mentality? Do you have a, a mentality that says, I am a sinner. I can't get free of sin. I'm just trying to be a good Christian. Or do you see yourself as coming from Eden, being a child of Adam and Eve, as they were created to be, and now, as we're Christians, we are recreated on the inside. And you have a new identity. And my goal today, in my talk today, is to say, you are an amazing person on the inside. The real you, the center of you. Your origins are Eden, and the real you on the inside of you, if you are a Christian, are amazing. And I'm going to show that to you today. If you're not yet a Christian, you say, well, what does that mean? Somebody who's come to the cross and said, Lord Jesus, I can't get to heaven on my own. Please, would you make me brand new on the inside? He says, yes. He comes in with his spirit. He forgives us of all our sin. He makes us a brand new creation on the inside. And he puts his power and his life inside of us. And we start to live for him out of gratitude and love. And we find this power churning on the inside of us that makes us want to love God and serve him. That's a Christian. If you are not one of those, you can become one today. At the end of the service, we'll give you a chance. In fact, you don't even have to wait. You can right now just call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The picture is of someone who's drowning in the sea, and we say, help me, Lord. And he says, yes, and he saves you. He makes you new on the inside. Not trying to be good by doing religion all your life, but he does a supernatural work in your spirit, and he makes you born again. Do you want that? That's an awesome thing which God can offer you today. So, the first point that I wanted to make today was just what you believe about yourself, who you really are, and where you come from changes your attitude to life. If you go out into the world thinking, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of the King. The King Almighty is my, is my Father, my Creator. It changes your attitude to life. No longer are you a sinner trying to be good. You are a saint 
and every now and again temptation might catch you out. But you are a saint. Get that in your mind right now. You belong in heaven and in Eden. That's your home. That's your heritage. That's who you are. You're not of a poverty mentality or a failure mentality. You are someone awesome and you have the power of God within you right now. I want to just mention using the word fruit what the Garden of Eden was like. What is, what is our source? What is our origin? F-R-U-I-T. The first thing about the Garden of Eden was fruitfulness. I'm using mainly Genesis 1 verses 26 to 29 for this. You can look it up on your own. But fruitfulness, you know, everything was growing. The, the, there was more than enough. There was supply for everything they, need, they needed. Fruitfulness, growth, increase, blessing, power. It was fruitful, the Garden of Eden. It was a place overflowing with abundance. And even Adam and Eve, it says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Fruitfulness, increase, growth is part of our heritage from the Garden of Eden. That's what they had. F stands for fruitfulness. R stands for relationships. They were in good relationships. First of all, Adam and Eve, it says, they were naked and unashamed. There was nothing of... of a, a, a hindrance or a blockage in their relationship. They were open with each other. There was intimacy. There was nothing hidden and unashamed. Can you imagine that kind of a relationship where you can get on with people, you, uh, you have no kind of hidden agendas, you're not trying to manipulate or feeling like they're trying to manipulate you. And they had relationship with God Almighty. He would walk with them every day in the cool of the day and probably whenever they wanted. They could have just said, Father, and he would have said, yes, I'm here relationships. I long for that. People long for close relationships. You know, we know we're supposed to have this, but we know it's not quite right in the world around us. Most of us have an inbuilt sense, this is what life is supposed to be like. Fruitfulness, relationships. U stands for a unified world. This is a bit of a technical one, so I'm, I'm going to try and explain it briefly. But basically, the spiritual realm, which is where God lives, the Bible says God is spirit, where the spiritual realm and the physical realm were united in the Garden of Eden. Heaven and earth were in one place. Ezekiel 28, talking about uh, the Garden of Eden, it, it talks about the devil being there in the Garden of Eden, and it talks about the, uh, the stones of sapphire and the throne of God, the mountain of God. It makes it clear that heaven and Eden were linked, they were interlinked. Heaven and earth was together. But when sin came, there was this wrenching between the spiritual realm where God lives and the physical realm, the physical, fleshly, material world, and it was split apart. And even in you and I, we were made spirit and flesh to be linked so that there's no barrier between us and God and the spiritual world. But when sin happened, it was wrenched apart. And our spirits, the Bible says, remember God said, in the day you eat of that fruit, you will die dying. You will surely die. He's talking about your body will start to die, but your spirit will be cut off from me. There's a wrenching, a cutting off in our spirits from God. And the flesh and the spirit was wrenched apart. And I believe what remained in the middle was like a human soul. I believe that we were made spirit and flesh as one, but when sin happened, we were split into three. Spirit, dead, flesh still alive but dying, and the soul, kind of a mixture between the flesh and the spirit, a, a, a human version of a spirit. And that's what we have right now. 
So, a unified world. They had, it was all together. I stands for in charge. God said to them, have dominion. They had power and authority. They were in charge over the world. And God said, fill the earth and subdue it. Impose the authority of heaven. Take God's commands and God's word and his kingdom and his will and enforce it in the world. Make the whole world like God wants it to be. They were in charge. But after sin, they were no longer in charge. The devil was in charge. They'd given away control. And then T, F-R-U-I-T, T stands for the touch of God. It says God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. There was the this, this supernatural miracle touch of God on them. Not just at the beginning, but every day I believe God would have touched them. There was miracle power, anointing, blessing, fruitfulness, life. The touch of, they were constantly under the touch of of God, the favor of God, the, the blessing of God. That's what they had in Eden. But they lost it. They lost it through sin. I want to just briefly say, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we know that Eve listened to the devil. The devil came and he said, did God really say, is it really this? No, God doesn't say that. And Eve was lost and, and she, she fell into sin. She was deceived, the Bible says. Adam wasn't deceived. Later, Eve came to him and said, I've eaten, eat this. And he wasn't deceived. He knew it was wrong, but I believe he just felt so sorry for her that he also ate it. Uh, that's what I believe. I mean, he sinned, and he's the one who takes the blame. But she was deceived, and there were three reasons she was deceived. Number one, she was out of the covering of her husband and God. She was alone. You know, when the devil first spoke to her, she could have said, Adam! God, is this true? They were right there. She could have easily asked for their advice, but she took herself off out of the structure that God had put in place. So number one, she was out of the covering. Number two, she didn't know or trust God's word. The devil says, did God really say? And she answered him with a version of God's word, which was actually not quite true. The devil said, did God really say you mustn't eat from any tree? And she says, no, we can eat from all the trees, but the one in the middle we mustn't eat, and we mustn't even touch it. God never said that. She didn't know his word, and she didn't trust that even if she was unsure, she should have said, God's word is true, even if I don't understand it. So she was out of the covering. She didn't trust or know God's word. And then thirdly, and this is the most important one, she should have trusted that God is good. Even if I don't understand it, even if I'm not sure, I know that when God tells me to do something, it's for a good reason. He's, he knows what's best and he wants what's best. He is good, therefore devil, get lost. And friend, if you stay under the covering that God has provided of authority and protection, family, church, all the, all the right structures that God has put in place, if you know and trust his word, you say God's word is true, even if I can't fully understand it. And if you know that God is good, that he wants what's best for you, you will never fall into sin. Big stuff there. All right. So I want to just show you that you are, you have heaven in you. You know, Jesus, we come from Eden and we were, we were expelled from Eden. The Bible says that there was a, an, a cherubim with a flaming sword to stop people getting back to the, to the tree of life. All the way through the Bible from there, 
It speaks again and again and again of us getting back into heaven. God promises a Messiah who's going to make a way for us to get back, to get back into the Garden of Eden. And uh, the river of life that was there and the tree of life is, is a constant theme throughout the Bible. And then in Revelation, right at the end, it talks about heaven and there's the river of life and the tree of life on either side of the river. And, and it's all there again for us. But Jesus came back. You know, this, this cherubim, this angel standing at the gate of the Garden of Eden saying, you can't come in here to the tree of life. And he's flashing a flaming sword. You know what Jesus did? Jesus came to earth. He lived a life without ever sinning. Just as Eve was tempted uh, in the three ways that Eve was tempted. It says she saw that it was good for food, that it was um, desirable for gaining wisdom, and that it was um, pleasant to the sight. In those same ways, those same three ways, Jesus was tempted again and again by the devil. We see in Matthew 4, it says the devil tempted Jesus. He said, um, if you'll just... Uh, uh, make these stones turn into bread, if you'll jump off a high building, if you'll bow down and worship me. It was the same three temptations, but Jesus never gave in. And then at the end of his life, he died on the cross. Why did he die? He was taking the penalty that we deserved, that every human deserved. You know, like that angel with the flashing sword, Jesus walked up to that angel and he allowed that flaming sword to cut his body to ribbons so that there was now a door for us to get back into the Garden of Eden. That is what Jesus did. When he died on the cross, he said, that flaming sword, I've taken the punishment, and if you will just see my bloody, broken body and come into it and submit to me as king, you have access again. And so everybody who's become a Christian, we come to Jesus, we say, Lord, I love you, I worship you, make me clean, forgive me, wash me clean. He says, now you have access into the Garden of Eden. You have fruitfulness. You have relationships. You have a unified world with the spirit and the flesh again. You have um, being in charge. You have authority. You have the touch and blessing of God. You know, the Bible says that we are washed clean. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if we are Christians. I've been washed clean. I'm no longer sinful. It says that we're a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. On, in, on the inside of you, if you've believed in Jesus, you are washed completely clean. You are a brand new person. It says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You have the authority and the power and the blessing of God on you. It says we have every blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You have every blessing. You have fruitfulness. You have God's love and smile and favor upon you. You have intimacy with God. Behold what manner of love that we should be called children, sons of God. All the things that Adam and Eve had in Eden, when you become a Christian, when you say, Jesus, I see you taking the sword for me. I, I'm in you, Lord Jesus. I, I serve you and love you. He says, now you have access to the Garden of Eden. And I want to just close today by saying that you and I can have daily access to the Garden of Eden. And this is the crux of my talk. Let me just summarize before I get into that. Where you believe you are from, your origins and your real essence, who you really believe you are, affects your life. 
If you believe you're from Eden and that you have heaven inside of you and that the real you is righteous and pure, it will affect your life. No longer will you go out into the world thinking, oh, I'm going to fail. You'll say, I'm a child of God. I have the blessing of the king. I'm righteous. I'm powerful. I'm blessed. If you believe where you come from and who you are is from God, it will change your life. And Jesus made a way. So, I've got just four verses to share with you. John 15, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If we abide in Jesus, what does abide mean? It means spending time in him. It means I recognize he is my salvation and my life and my righteousness, but I also spend time with him. On a daily basis, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Friend, listen to this amazing news. You can walk with God just like Adam and Eve did in the cool of the day today. You can. You can come to God, not because you're good, but because Jesus took the, the punishment for us. We walk in there and we say, God, thank you. I did it yesterday. In fact, this morning as well. I've spent time in his presence. I get into the Garden of Eden. I say, Lord, this is a place of rest, of fruitfulness, of relationships, of power, of blessing, of authority. Thank you, Lord, that I'm loved and accepted and that you fill me with your life and your power in this place. You can do that. If you abide in Jesus, you will bear much fruit. The fruitfulness starts to grow. Not just in your own spirit, but then it starts to affect your moods, your emotions, your thoughts, your decisions. Then it starts to affect your body. You start to find you're getting healed of stuff. Eden starts to spread out into the whole of you. And then it starts to affect your family, your work, your city, the world. Number two. So John 15, 5 is the first one. The second one is Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the godly or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Friend, when we decide I'm not going to get my guidance from the worldly people around me, I'm going to get my guidance from God's word, what happens is I become like a tree planted by streams of rivers of water and I start to bear fruit and I start to prosper. That's Eden. You know, I've, I do this regularly and it's such a source of strength to me. I get God's word and I sit quietly and I say, Lord, what do you have to say to me? Not like a religious ritual, but it's a love letter. And you just have to read one or two verses and you let it soak in. You let it soak in. You let the Holy Spirit speak whatever the Word of God is saying to your heart. And it starts to change you. And what happens is like a tree by a river, you start to get nourishment and strength. And you find fruit starts popping out in your life. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Pop, pop, pop. It just starts to come out. Just because you spent time in His Word like a tree putting its roots down deep. Friend, you can do that today. You can get into Eden 
and into God's Word, and you'll find amazing fruit coming out of your life. The third one is Psalm 92. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. And all the old people said, Amen. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Those who are planted in the house of God, there is a place where we as believers get together where there is an anointing and a blessing that is different to what we get on our own. And you can get that every time you gather with believers and worship the Lord and let His Spirit and His presence fill you. There's something that happens where we start to flourish and bear fruit and stay fresh and flourishing. The Garden of Eden comes out of us. You're doing that today, and we can do that regularly. And then the last one is Gethsemane. You know, Jesus, just before he died, he knew he was going to die. He had dinner with his disciples, and he says to them, I'm about to be crucified. I'm about to go and die. And he knew what crucifixion involved, because he'd read the Old Testament. Isaiah says, you will be marred more than any other human being. You'll have your beard plucked out. You'll be crushed. You'll be broken. Psalm 22 talks about crucifixion. All my bones have come out of joint. They've, they've stuck a spear in me. They're casting lots for my clothes. He knew what was coming. Where does he go? John 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron where there was a garden. And we know that he prayed. He asked his disciples to pray with him, but they... They were weak. Their flesh was weak. They hadn't, they hadn't been renewed. They didn't understand yet. But Jesus prayed. He went to a garden. He went into his personal garden of Eden. And he said, Father, I don't want to go through this. Please help me. Are you going through struggles right now? What's it like when you, when you get the bills that you have to pay and you know there's not enough money to pay them? What's it like when you get a, a diagnosis or a, or a report from a doctor that says there's no hope, you've got this problem? What's it like when your spouse or a child or a family member says, I want nothing more to do with you? What's it like when you're struggling at work and you're not making the grade and the boss starts to be horrible to you? What do you do, friend? We have a garden like Jesus had. We have a garden. He went to the garden, he knelt down, and he was honest. He poured out his, his open, honest heart to God. He said, God, this is how I'm feeling. And you know what happened? The power of God came into him. And that's how Jesus could go through the terrible punishment of the cross for you and I, was because he found the strength that he needed in his garden of prayer. Friend, I challenge you to spend time with God every day. You know, it says that God would walk in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. I, I try to walk with the Lord. Often it's in the afternoon, sometimes in the morning. Sometimes if I'm going through hard times, like we have recently, more than once a day. But it's a garden where you can escape the world. It's, it's almost like Adam and Eve standing on the outside of the garden. You know, they've, they've now been expelled and Adam's been working hard, toiling digging to, to make food, and the Bible says from the sweat of his brow, oh, this is hard, and Eve has been struggling in the pain of childbirth and the pain of relationships. It says that your relationship with your husband will be difficult. She's struggling with that, and they just, nothing's like it used to be. 
and they're struggling and they feel and they look up and they look over the river there and there's Eden with this cherubim with this flaming sword and they're thinking, oh, I wish I could just get back. I wish I could get back there. Most human beings know deep down inside of us, intuitively we have a sense, I don't belong in this world where I am right now. I've told the story about a, a little seal or penguin, pick whichever one you, let's say, let's say a penguin who was born about three miles inland from the sea. And he knew that he was supposed to be in the sea because he sensed it on the inside of him. Every now and again, he would get a whiff of the sea coming on the breeze and he would say, that's what, there's something more than this life in this dry, arid land. I'm, I'm supposed to be somewhere else. And at night, he would dream about swimming through the waves. And he would think, there's more to life than this. And there was a little puddle, and he would try to roll in the puddle and feel, this isn't satisfying. And then one day, somebody showed him the way, and he found his way back to the sea. He said, this is what I was created for. Friend, you and I are living outside of the Garden of Eden, but we were made for more. We were made for fruitfulness, relationships, all those things that are there in the Garden of Eden. And that sense that this is not quite how it should be is right. It's from God. But I want to tell you, you can get back there. The, the way is now open. The Bible says we can come boldly with confidence because of the blood of Jesus into the garden every day, as often as we want to. When you're being tempted to sin, you don't have to struggle on your own. Say, Father God, is this right? I trust you good. I trust your word. I'm, I want to get under your structures. I trust you to help me. And he takes you into the garden and you're protected again. When you're under stress and pressure and worries and all the difficulties of life, get back into the garden. Make a decision today. Please say, I am going to get into the garden at least once a day. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to be with his people. I'm going to pray and I'm going to open my heart to him. And I'm going to allow this power to change me from the inside. Please, please make that decision today. You'll never regret it. I did a little recording this week for our Leading Lights update, and I said that the Word of God, just reading the Bible daily, every day for the last 20, I don't know how many years it's been, nearly 30 years now, every day, that has been the thing that has changed me. It's changed my moods, it's changed my mind, it's changed my outlook on life, it's changed my habits, and it's it's just a systematic reading of God's Word every day and allowing His Spirit to change you. Praying in tongues regularly, worshiping Him, being honest with Him in prayer. That's the Garden of Eden. Can I ask you to stand with me? Folks, at the end of a sermon, what we normally do is ask you to make a decision. And I'm going to ask you to make a decision today. I'm going to ask you to decide to say, Lord, I want to get back into the garden. I don't want to live in this barren wilderness where I've lived for so long. Lord, I want to get back into that garden. Lord Jesus, just like you went to the garden of Gethsemane to get strength, that's what I want to do on a daily basis. I thank you, Lord, that the minute I walk into that garden, I'm blessed, I'm forgiven, I'm... I'm under your touch and your favor, I have all the fruitfulness that I need. Lord God, I choose today, please pray this with me. Lord, I choose today to get into your garden regularly. 
Lord, I choose today to walk back through that gate, through that way that you have made, Lord Jesus, which makes me clean and pure. I choose to spend time with you every day, every day. Help me, Lord. Help me to make it a habit in my life. Help me to make it something that I rely on, that I get my strength from, instead of digging wells on this outside barren land, trying to get water when there's fresh streams of living water with you. Just make that decision today, folks. Just in your heart, just say, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find time to spend time in your presence. And he blesses you. He fills you with the power to do it. You'll find your calendar changes. He makes time in your calendar. He makes a way. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you say, I'm hearing a message today that's new to me. I thought it was about religion and going to church and being good. I didn't realize it was about accepting Jesus' gift and being made new on the inside. I want to pray for you to get saved today. If that's you and you want to pray that prayer, I would love to pray with you right now. If you just lift your hand, I'll pray with you right now. If there's anyone here, just lift your hand. Say, today's the day. I want to make this decision. Just lift your hand. I can't quite see everyone, so I'm going to just pray the prayer anyway. If it's you, just raise the hand and say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you took the punishment on the cross that made a way for me to get back into Eden, that you took that flaming sword in your own body so that I could be healed and forgiven and clean and blessed and accepted and a son or daughter of God again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe you when you say, if I call on your name, I will be saved. I call on you, Lord Jesus. Wash me clean and make me brand new today. In Jesus' name. And all of us said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to worship the Lord with a couple more songs. But I really trust and pray this will change the direction of your life today. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.